All right, this is First Touch Football. We're on our second episode of Pro Focus. We're here with Richie Lorel. Richie, thank you for joining us, man. No worries. No worries, bro. Anything for you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, Richie, just for our listeners who might not know who you are, um, I'll just ask you some quick questions. So tell us about yourself, um, the position that you play, uh, where you grew up, so your hometown, and we'll get into some other questions afterwards. We'll start with that. Okay. Um, just for the people that don't know, um, I'm a midfielder, and my upbringings are the Toronto area around, moved around Kiel and Shepherd, Jen and Shepherd area, so... Nice, nice. And um, who's your favorite pro club? I know who it is, but who do you support on the <laughs> on the world stage? Yeah, you know me. You had a few arguments over, <laughs> over these games. <laughs> Good couple times. I have to rock with my guys, Barcelona. Of course, of course. And um, where are you playing now? I'm playing in Orlando for Orlando City SC. Awesome, awesome. And um, okay, so we'll get straight into it. So. Your biggest soccer inspiration? Who's someone that, a player that you always looked up to, someone that was always, maybe you watched their highlight tapes all the time or made sure you watched their games when they were playing? Who was that player for you growing up? You know what? Uh, the first guy, I think a lot of people said as well, um, was Ronaldinho. I used to watch him and he was just electric. So I remember watching him and being like, damn, like I want to I wanna be like that guy. And then as time went on, as I got a little bit older, I started paying really close attention to Iniesta, so I'd say Iniesta is definitely my role model as a soccer player. Nice, nice, and very similar qualities, obviously, um, your game and his in, in your own respects, obviously, but I could definitely see that, and who do you think your game resembles the most? So if you had to pick out a pro um, who, if someone was going to watch you, didn't know who Richie was, um, but you say, if you watch this guy, I kind of try to make my game look like his, or... I, people have told me I play a lot like him. Who do you think that would be? Mm, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> as of late, the guy I've been watching a lot or has been Pogba, so maybe I try to resemble some of the stuff he does in the middle park. Nice. Similar to bringing it into my game, so not, not the same player, but I'm trying to copy a few of the things he can do. Awesome, awesome. Obviously, yeah, but I could see that big, strong midfielder definitely see those comparisons there um so now we'll get into like your life role model so who's someone like is a family member i know reggie um your dad your mom you have a great family my dad to be honest just watching how hard he's worked for my older sister obviously reggie my pretty pretty outstanding to be honest um so he's done a lot for our family and um spent a lot of time driving me and my brother to sessions and all that so he's invested in all of us as a family so i think i put him definitely as my biggest role model definitely definitely that's awesome and super supportive father that's great and um who do you get your advice from so when you need someone to talk to someone just to get a perspective on who who's that person that you go to is a friend family member whoever it may be yeah, usually, usually I do speak to my, my dad and my mom pretty frequently about stuff like that, just so I can get an honest answer. And then also I turn to to the boys, you know, I'll talk to all, all the Sigma guys like Kyle, Kwame, Chris, Christian. Nice. 
Justin and all those guys, and on the flip end, also talk to guys like Raheem, Mark, Jordan, you know, so it's good to get um, a perspective of from different people, you know? Definitely, definitely, man. That's good. And you guys got that tight-knit group at Sigma that we'll get into, that 95 group. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but let's actually talk about it now. Let's talk about your youth career at Sigma. So when did you start with the club? Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that question first. When did you start with the club? Uh, I started playing with Sigma in 2006. Okay. 2006. Gotcha, gotcha. And how old were you at that time? I think um, 11, I want to say, 11, 12. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So what made you make the jump? Where were you before, I guess, is the first question. And what made you jump to Sigma? Like you said, you were a Toronto guy. Sigma's based out of Mississauga. So where was the transition there? I was playing for um, a club, like, in the Jane Finch area that you, I don't know if you know or not. It's called uh, Uruguay. Yeah. I played for for them since I was six years old, so I was playing there, and that's when I, I think I really fell in love with the game because you have I'm playing with all the the, the Spanish guys, you know, <laughs> like the futsal players, yeah. and all of them are super technical, silky, really good. So trust me, that's that's when I first started, and then I think I've learned a lot there, especially through one of the guys, um, dad that was a coach, uh, Rob Correa, so nice. after after that, I thought I was learning a lot, and then Sigma just offered more than Uruguay was going to take me past, so then I went to, to Sigma to level my game up. Definitely, definitely, and um, what made you pick Sigma? So was it like a, a coach interaction? Did you see something that someone come up to you, or was it more just like you know what, that I believe in the vision of this program, and I'm just going to go there. Yeah, um, Costa and Bobby came to a lot of the games I was playing with Uruguay for, so he'd, um, they'd approached my mom a couple of times and spoken about the club and all that, so it seemed like something interesting. Uh, at the time, obviously, you know, back then, all of us were dreaming about Europe, so they were saying, listen, come, come with us and, we want to take the guys to play on tour in Spain and Holland and Belgium. And that's obviously what, um, from not even Toronto, just Canada in general, didn't have definitely. a whole lot of exposure to at the time, you know? So it was definitely, it was, it was interesting. And it's something that I think a lot of guys wanted to do. Definitely, definitely. So how many guys, so when you went to Sigma, did you go with any teammates, um, how many guys, or do you remember, like, who were your first team, who were some of the guys that you were first teammates yeah. with on Sigma? The first guys were me, um, Christian Samanengo, yeah. uh, Daniel Correa, and a few other guys. Uh, Mark Hudid came as well, and one of my old friends, Chris Bernard, as well. Nice, nice, nice. And a lot of us uh, that were, that came from the, the same team, actually. I think there was at least five of us, so. That's crazy. And then the and then the year later is when all the Brampton guys came on board as well. Trickled their way through. That makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah. how was it playing at Sigma from from the jump? Obviously the name it was now wasn't the name it was before, as in like you were like the first guys to kinda to kinda make a name for it. But how was it training and what do you what do you attribute them to your to your success as a player now? Yeah, um big time man. Um Obviously, in 06, it wasn't the. T- it isn't what it is now. It's blown up, and it's a bigger thing with a lot of guys. Well, at all different ranks, so. Definitely. But I, I think I owe a, a big 
guys, all the staff and all the everyone kind of incorporated in that Sigma FC family, I owe them a lot because they've taught me a lot of things on and off the field. So it's been huge in my development. Definitely, definitely. And we're actually going to transition a little bit. We'll go back to Sigma in a, in a couple questions later in the later in the show, but want to talk to you about high school soccer now. So Dante, um, give us the background story on Dante. And not a lot of people know, but you guys have produced some pretty talented soccer players over the last couple <laughs> of years. It's actually kind of ridiculous for people that don't um, that really don't follow high school soccer, and it's kind of like a dying breed now. I would say you yeah. and Campion, it's like ridiculous the amount of players but just talk about Dante and what it was like and some guys that have come out of Dante you yeah, can probably explain um, better than me yeah Don, Dante is good I actually was at a different school in grade nine okay just just up the street from my house and I remember uh Christian and my friend Jacob were over there like oh you gotta come here man we have a they have dedicated to soccer it's called soccer program which is a fourth period class here playing soccer as a class it's 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 ridiculous it's 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 the best thing in the world so i heard about that and i was just like no i got i gotta get over there so i transferred over in grade 10 and it was it it was very good because i'm that are my friends still right now very close friends teachers there that are still my friends now and obviously it gave me an extra, it was an extra session a day for me. I trained there and then go home and then head to Sigma, you know what I mean? So yeah. it was like, it was like um, extra training and it was with top like quality guys because I even remember being over there and I was looking over the team and they had like Daniel DeBaggio and all that that went on to play at the NCAA. They had a, like, a, I could name a bunch of guys that were were playing there that were on TFC's academy or yeah. playing on provincials or you know stuff like stuff like that. So I remember going over there. I'm like, I need a, I need to play there. And even not like youth national team players were there. So the classes and the, our team were always intense and extremely good. Definitely, definitely, and that that's crazy. Just at, at a high school to have that type of talent is unheard of in the in today's day and age. Um, did you guys ever face Campion? You know what? We never did. Um, our, our schedule would always lead to the guys that played on Sigma or other good club teams or provincial would miss our, um, our uh, regular season game. So we, when I was there, we never made offs because we, I'd go, me, Kwame, Christian, and a, a bunch of different other guys would go with Sigma to Maryland for the showcase. So we missed like two periods of games and then other guys were provincials or with youth national teams. They always do well in in the season, but then right towards the end, we'd miss a lot of our our key guys. So I see, I see. We weren't able to. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So we, we never got the right. I never, I never knew for sure. I was wondering, maybe there was a game. No, we never did. (laughs) You guys would win? Beat Kyle and those guys? What'd you say? Do you think you guys would beat Kyle and Nanko in those guys if you guys faced? It would have it would have been a good game. I always tell them it would have, but <laughs> truth be told, it would have been. I think it would have been a really good game. To be nice. honest, they were obviously. Really, I mean, they have a couple rings, those guys. So they, they it would have definitely been a good game. 
Definitely, definitely. So I just want to just ending off the high school soccer talk. So you played high school soccer. What, it, like I said before, it's a dying breed now. Most guys that play at an elite level don't play high school soccer anymore. Um, what did high school soccer do for you, though, if it even did anything? Do you think it's something like would you, for instance, when you have kids, would you have them play high school soccer? What's your take on it? I, I like it to be honest, man. As I told you before, it's just extra. It's extra work. I feel like for and when you're that young, I feel like anything you can get your hands on, any extra sessions or games is good for you. So Definitely. I remember in times where we play after school at like three thirty and then be done at five thirty and hop on the bus and get home and yeah. So, so you know, I mean, it's that's for for me. I think it, it was. It was good. It was just extra soccer for for me to enjoy, you know. Uh-huh. And I definitely would put my kid, recommend that for my kids as well. A hundred percent, hundred percent, definitely feel you there. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go into now your the provincial team, and I wanted to talk to you about that. So you mentioned guys that you played with, played on the provincial team, um, and all that growing up. So when you were growing up, from what from my knowledge, did you ever play on a provincial team? I did. I played. Um, I can't. Do, do you remember what the ranks are? It's district. I know it's this. Yeah, yeah. District and then regional and then. Provincial. Yeah. Okay. District, regional, provincial, and then I remember being on a provincial team, and it was <laughs> one one of the the best teams. Uh, apart from the Sigma ninety five team, yeah. like as as I was growing up, it was one of the strongest teams I've played on. Because I remember like looking around the team and like the talents. It was I don't I don't know if you're familiar with the '95, but I remember we had Jordan, yeah. Frazier, um, uh, Michael Wagner, Dominic, like just a bunch <laughs> of Brandon, John, Luca, Gasparato, and then obviously had Kwame, Christian. Oh wow! Guys like that, and it was it was a really strong team. But I just saw myself maybe not in the coach's favor which happens sometimes so i like slowly withdrew myself from the provincial programs as a bunch of people have in the past just because of things like that so definitely and and then i just took on the sigma sigma path so i wasn't on provincials for too long i did do district regional and then provincials for a bit and then kind of parted ways with that i see i see and um so just having that experience in the whole provincial thing and guys on sigma even certain guys like was kyle on your team back then on provincials yes no so and this is this is kind of where i'm going with it so guys (laughs) guys that um like yourself like kyle who might not have seen favor what does that do for your confidence as a young player? Was it extra motivation to push forward? Like, obviously, if you look at some of the guys that didn't play provincial to compare it to some of the guys that did, Kyle and you being a great example of that, making it to the highest level. Um, but what, what, what does that do for a young kid, 12 years old, because we have a lot of young listeners that listen, when you don't make that team or you fall out of favor with that team, how did that continue to push you forward? Uh, yeah, it just um, for me it was definitely extra motivation. Um, I saw it as okay, maybe these guys don't think I'm good enough now, so let me go and show them. So Sigma was the the perfect example of that. And then you you get those same guys, the same coaches later on in life trying to reach back out to you and tell you how well you've done. So it's like <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it, it, it's a good it's a good feeling because you know. 
at the end of the day, you can maybe it's a little, you know, a shot at them at being like, I, I, I maybe I wasn't good enough then, but maybe the whoever the coach might have been wasn't given the certain player the the time of day. But then now they can see where they're at and see that it wouldn't have been a waste of time or anything like that. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's too big of a blow, especially being that young. It's easy to bounce back from. Definitely, definitely. And um, we'll go back into a little bit of Sigma now. So I don't think I've ever even told you this story, even though we've been friends for a little bit. But I remember watching you in North Carolina at some showcase tournament. My Dixie team went and you guys were the younger team. And you guys ended up winning the tournament. It was like you, Kyle, Christian, um, all these guys. Manko, Manko, all those guys. You guys had a strong team. So just my, my question, I guess, towards that is that 95 group at Sigma, um historic group i think it's ridiculous i think maybe like six or seven guys end up playing professional like um, virtually the whole team goes either division one division two what and you guys are known as like the 95s from like the soccer area in the gta what was that like and what was that team what did that team do for you and the relationships you built there you know what i'm not even joking with you. We we talk about till this day. I think we don't even realize what we were doing or how big of an impression we had on like Toronto or GTA soccer at the time. We we were just all good friends before rivals, obviously with the Brampton and Uruguay thing. But then came together and it was just like I, don't know, I, I just felt like I was playing with my um with my boys, you know. So it was Definitely. it was it was it was nice. We, I don't think any of us even thought about oh, yeah, we're all going to try to go pro. We were just, like, living in the moment, you know. We'd go to those North Carolina or any USA showcase, and I'd be like, oh, it's, like, 10 days I can spend on the road with uh, my boys. No parents. Like, we can do whatever we want type stuff. So it was more of, like, um, a, a brotherhood, I could say. Even now we have, like, a, a iMessage group chat that um, my girlfriend kills me for because it goes off all times of the night and <laughs> – it's um all it's like ten to fifteen of us like uh, Sigma guys that just talk in this group conti- like all day like continuously checking up on each other, making sure everyone's good because obviously all of us are in different um, time zones and countries and whatnot. So of course, it's it's a it's a brotherhood for sure. I think between those that Sigma ninety five team. Definitely. And for the, the listeners who aren't as familiar with it as we are, if you could just name some guys that were part of that part of that team, just so people, the listeners know exactly who we're kind of talking about. Yeah, there was Christian Samaniego, Kyle Lennon, um, Kwame Awa, Chris Nanko, Justin Stoddard. We have J- Jamal Joseph, Markel <laughs> Sadler joined us a little bit later. Uh, Duran Lee joined us a little bit later. We had Mark. Mark Wadid was there. Yep. I don't know, a bunch of guys. Jamie, I think Jamie Garcia, Jamie Garcia was there for a bit. Jamie Scott was there. Ty Smith, just a bunch of, I think, very, very good um, guys and soccer players as well. Definitely, definitely. And so Sigma helps you get to Akron. So we'll talk about Akron right now. Um, Sigma does a great job, probably the premier job. You guys and Vaughn, I, I, I consider the top in, in Canada in terms of getting guys scholarships to the States and all that um, and professional opportunities. But what did 
why did you choose Akron? How did Akron happen? Were you considering any other schools or was it just like Coach Bobby's like, hey, you're going here and, and that's that. So why Akron? <laughs> um, I think at first I was looking at different schools, um, going on official visits and all that, see where I'd like best. And I think I visited some really, really cool places. And then Akron, out of all of them, probably is the place people don't really know. And is, is it a... Um, a place someone to go on a vacation or something like that but i like i met the guys on the team everyone seemed it seemed just like sigma i think that's what pushed me towards it, it was like a group of guys that just moved like you know as, as one you know guys would be going out and everyone goes out together it's not just like oh two three everyone goes as a team Every, like so it felt like exactly like sigma and i'd have i i didn't know him personally but Omari that played with the youth national teams was there and I remember just getting his number hitting him up and me like hey man I'm about to I think I'm about to commit to Akron what can you tell me about there and he just like said the exact same thing I just told you saying that the guys are all cool it's like a brotherhood it's definitely be a place for you to go to and then on top of that the pros they've produced I think they're number one right now in NCAA for the most pros in the MLS or even overseas and whatnot and I just saw it as a a very big opportunity for me to try to take the next step in my career. Definitely, and it it worked out well. Obviously, you we'll talk about that season and playing against each other, which is which is crazy enough in <laughs> itself and bad memories for me, but pro- probably pretty good ones for you. But what were some other what were some other schools that you were that you went on official visits for? Um, I went to. Providence, I went to St. John's, and then I went to Syrac- Syracuse as well. Okay. Because I went, a, I went a semester late to, to school. I went in the spring of 2014, but I got to see Syracuse, um, and then just speaking to other schools like UNC and UConn and schools like that. Gotcha, gotcha. And then ended up choosing Akron. So we'll talk about these Akron years right now. This is going to be probably the most painful thing I've had to redoing my memory book so um for the listeners that don't know i went to university at buffalo we played in the same conference as akron um just think of like a very small mid-major conference but then you have like a top five giant in the conference which is akron nationally ranked school so uh, a lot of sitting back a lot of two banks of four um going against these guys (laughs) stoke city football i would say but richie just talk about that um your time at Akron, what it did for your development, and we'll talk about that sophomore season where you just tore it up. I remember watching, I was like, this guy's just different, just looks like he's moving different. Um, so yeah, just talk about that year. Which, uh, the sophomore year? This, uh, we'll talk about the starting, that when you first got there. Yeah, I got there in the spring, and it was just casual, you know, you're playing, you play, what, five spring games it is, or something like that? Yeah. So yeah, just like kind of just getting my feet testing the waters. It was it was good. Definitely. I remember I remember my first training session. I was like, in the middle of the session, I'm like, wow, a lot of these guys are really good players. Because you have guys on that team that are like youth national team players mm-hmm. and all that. So there's guys that are coming from Liverpool Academy. Had guys from Chelsea's academy. So it's top top quality players that are all um on like all on one field so it was really competitive nice first thing off the bat so that's that's what i liked as well 
Definitely, definitely. And what were some things that you guys did, like training-wise? Was it pretty much pretty standard to what you were used to, or do you feel like it was a little bit more intense? Yeah, it was similar again to Sigma, but then this was another level because you have guys that are four years older than you and yeah. are seniors and fighting for deals to go MLS or USL or something. So it's, like I said, it's a competition every day. It's guys getting after each other, people kicking each other, people shoving, <laughs> but then it's, you know, just on the field and then off the field, it's all love, but um, definitely a high level of competition. This is this is probably the first time I was introduced to this type of level of competition in soccer, to be honest. Definitely. And when you were there, you just freshman year had a great freshman season and then sophomore year. So we'll get into the sophomore year now. What what was your mindset? What what happened? I just want to know, was it something that was done in the summer um, as a midfielder? So I don't know the stats exactly, but I know it was something ridiculous, like 13 to 15 goals, I'm pretty sure, like close to the same amount of assists. Um, you just wreaked havoc on everyone in the NCAA. Um, what, what happened? What was the change? Was it something in the summer? Were you just more comfortable? What was that breakout season like? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I had to get comfortable and uh, with, with the not with the guys, but just with the, um, being away from home, living away from your parents and all that, and just just being on your own and being able to cope with things. So I think it took me a little bit to get used to that. And then when we I finished my freshman year, and I saw one of the biggest thing I saw Kyle get drafted first overall for UConn to Orlando. So I was like, damn, like okay, this can. Like he he played with us, so yeah. If if he if he can do it, I'm I'm sure a lot of guys from our Simuk team can do it as well. And I watched him destroy the <laughs> the NCAA as a freshman, which is unheard of most of the time. So Honestly. when I saw him do that, I'm like, okay, like I I need to do something. Like I need to get on board with this. <laughs> I can I can follow him type stuff. So. Yeah, that, and then we took a trip to Brazil as a team with Akron. Okay. And then we played against, like, Sao Paulo's reserves, and so, and then I saw the, maybe, like, the passion and, like, the hunger these guys have for the game, and I remember a bunch of us on the team were like, that's what we need to get to, you know, like, gotcha. not even as an individual, as an individual to go pro, I'm talking about, like, as a team, like, if you want to win, this is, this is the, the kind of mindset you need, and then going to Akron, there's always this cloud over your head because you have like those the 09 and then the 2010 team which went yep. to the final four i mean went to the finals and lost and then the next year won it so definitely that's the expectation for when you put on that akron jersey as well so it's something you need to live by and live up to so you need to get all the guys on board definitely definitely and um so that that breakout year again you just attributed to what what kind of played into that um, but how was it playing in the College Cup? So, like I said, a lot of young listeners, um, your team ended up going to the going to the Final Four that year. What was it like playing um, in that tournament? Yeah, it was it was nice, man. It was because not every team gets a chance to go there. So we had a, I thought we had a really really good team, and we're a little bit unlucky not to get to the final because I thought we should have mm-hmm. should have won that game, but. I, I, it was something it was something special for sure I think probably the one of the most 
comfortable and best times I've had as a soccer player was that year because I felt like everything anyone on our team touched was just gold, you know. <laughs> so it just felt like, okay, we're going to win this thing. We're beating ranked teams away. Yeah. Sm- like smacking teams away. So we're just, uh, I thought, I'm like, okay, this is this is the team we're going to go all the way with. But we came a lo- up a little bit short. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And when you were at Akron, what's the mindset or what do you guys, so for us, and it's like anything in sports, when teams play Barcelona, Barcelona knows they're going to get the team's best game because they're Barcelona. Yeah. Like for us at Buffalo, when we face got teams like you, we're giving you our best game. How is it like to prepare knowing when you step on the field, you're going to get every team's best? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging, man. That's why even now I see some of the other Akron teams doing it. I'm like... It's it's tough. Like you lose a game to one of the max schools, yeah, and everyone's like, "Oh, how's how, how's Akron losing to a non-ranked team? <laughs> They're not good." But they, they don't understand. It's teams like the Western Michigan's, you know, Buffalo. They come and they just sit. <laughs> yeah, they defend the entire game. You, you, you know, you know how that feels like. And then they, if they still happen to score one goal, it's like it feels like Mission Impossible to. To so get one back after, because everyone's just sitting so. So, it's it's definitely it's <laughs> definitely challenging. I think it's just all things that help you as a footballer going forward, is because you need to be able to win games like that to be a good team, you know. So, hundred percent. Those I think those te- games really showed character from a lot of guys on our team. Definitely, especially against you guys. I remember. That year, my sophomore year, we went to you guys yeah. playing that big stadium, the football stadium, and we went down one nothing and ended up winning yeah. 2-1. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just games like that. You have to – and the soccer, we can't we sometimes can't play our best soccer when we're away from home in the mat because of the conditions and the way the teams are playing. So that's when fight and a grind to get those results in those games definitely definitely um i feel that there so from akron you end up getting a generation adidas contract um in the mls um how was that feeling and what was that whole process like so you go to the combine like when do they present this offer to you how does the whole situation work oh yeah i just i just remember finishing the season and I had thought about it, but not too much. I just remember thinking, like, okay, we just played a a full four or five months of soccer. I just, I'm just <laughs> want, trying to go home, see the guys, and see my family, and just relax. So, I don't know. I felt like it, it kind of it wasn't as quick as I thought it would have been. Yeah. I, I think maybe it got fine. I think it got finalized on my birthday actually, January seventh. So it took it took a bit. Yeah, it did. I was home. I, I was home by the maybe 10th of december and almost took a a whole nother month so really I, I, I didn't find out i knew there was some interest but i didn't find out if it was officially done till my birthday and then that same day i remember flying out to fort lauderdale to go to the mls combine uh, gotcha gotcha so you had the deal before the combine yeah okay gotcha gotcha that makes sense that makes sense and um so what was the feeling like when you had a sponsor, like sponsored by Adidas, like you, you get the gear, you get the all that stuff. What was that like? Yeah, it's 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 nice, man. Um, <laughs> it's it's something that you don't. Th- I, I don't know. It's something you don't think about um, as a kid or anything like that. And so to have, I mean, to be sponsored by someone that you were wearing, paying for the shoes as, or your parents were paying for the shoes 
as you're growing up is pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely. And um, so you ended up going, getting drafted by Orlando City in the first round. I think it was seventh, if I'm correct. Yes. Um, joined up with Kyle. So the crazy connections there. Everyone was reading between the lines like it was destiny, blah, blah, blah. Um, when I remember when I saw it, I was like, Orlando City's moving in the Sigma direction. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what was it like when you get drafted by Orlando? How was it living with Kyle? Um, I remember I visited you guys at least once. Um, what yeah. was that whole experience like? It was good. It was good, man. Um, obviously, he made it a lot easier for me because he's already he'd already been here for a year, so gotcha. he obviously showed me the ropes, showed me just advice and stuff off the field as well that was helpful for me. Definitely, definitely. And what was the training environment like? What was so was that another step up from Akron, or was what, what was that like? Yeah, de- definitely another another step up. This was a different level, so it took some time for me to get used to it, I think, because I was obviously in the college mindset, and then you get here, and you're playing with guys 10 years older than you <laughs> and whatnot, and guys that are, I mean, now it becomes, this is a job now, you know, so of people course. are playing for contracts, playing for positions, so it's it's a whole different ball, ball game once you get to, to this level, and it's something you need to be mentally prepared for, and then have to adjust it pretty quickly. Definitely, definitely, and... So now playing in Orlando, and it, it hasn't been the most ideal situation for you. I know every player wants to play full 90s and just be a regular on every team that they play in. But I just want to ask you, what's it like now competing for minutes? How does your mindset change? And we know the quality. We won't get into all the politics of it now because um, we're, we're a public podcast. But what is it like when you're that mindset, when you're, you're, your spot's not guaranteed every week? Yeah, it's, it's different. So, you know, you have to come in every day and you, it's, you're playing for something. You're playing to prove something to the coaching staff and the rest of your teammates, get the respect from your coaching staff and the trust from them and your teammates. So it's it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Maybe um, some guys take it better than other guys do because it's obviously a lot of pressure, a lot of things weighing on you. And then when you do get your chance, what do you do with it? Are you... Mm-hmm. Definitely. And who keep who helps you through those things? Is it I know you said you have your girlfriend over there, is it like a family member, a friend? Who do you come to when, when times are getting a little bit tough? Yeah, definitely. Um I'll speak to Costa and Bobby a lot, my girlfriend. And then just like again, like the Sigma like the Sigma guys, you know, because similar yeah. some guys have gone through it or are going through it, so it's just easier to speak to guys like that that keep you on the on the right mindset instead of you you fade in towards the bottom or something like that definitely definitely all right so richie now we're going to do something called ftf drill zone so right now the drill zone is we're going to ask you some questions just need some one word answers to start and then we'll go back through the questions and see why you selected which ones all right okay all right so first question best canadian player you've played with or against Kyle, number one food spot you go to in Toronto? Shawarma. Shawarma. Where? Shawarma. Where, or is it just called Shawarma? Euro Shawarma. Killer Wilson. Okay, there we go. Um, so this is a, a two-part question. Favorite Yeezy and also favorite Adidas soccer shoe? Uh, favorite Adidas soccer shoe right now is the X. Okay. And Yeezy 
first ones. Okay. Turtle Doves, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Um, Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Um, in a game, would you rather one goal and one assist or two goals? One goal, one assist. One goal, one assist. All right, let's go through these. So, Kyle, best Canadian player you play with. Why Kyle? What does he? What does he do that's different from others? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know what he does, but like the guy just scores, man. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's he's a machine up there, and he's obviously shown his quality and his worth. So I, I definitely pick him over any Canadian I played with her gangs. Nice, nice. And then number one food spot in Toronto, um, Euro Schwarmer, I think he was. Um, what are you ordering there? What What are you getting? Just um the chicken shawarma platter. <laughs> okay. I go nice. every, every time I'm home, I go with a couple of the boys and we kick it there for a bit. So that's, that's awesome. a slot for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then favorite Yeezy. Um, so how many Yeezys? Do, being an Adidas sponsor, what? So what goes on? A lot of us don't know. Like I, I just see your snaps and all that, and I see like a hundred pairs of shoes, and I'm like, God damn, like this guy's living. What? So what goes on? Do you get like a? Do you get special plugs in on all the new releases, or what? What goes on? Yeah, I just usually I just hit up the rep and see if anything's available, and he and he lets me know. So most of the time, he 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 gets me, but not all the time. But on any other shoe, I'm pretty much certain on getting. But the Yeezys are difficult sometimes, but. I got pretty lucky to get a good couple of pairs. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. That's awesome, man. And um, Adidas Hawks shoe, we're in the X now. Um, how is it? How is the shoe? Would you ever go back to another shoe, or what were you rocking before that? I was wearing the Preds. Just kind of feel like the uh, I don't know. Do you remember the old F fifties? Yeah. The light, the really, the kind of feel like those. So I, like, <laughs> I like the way they feel. So nice, nice. And then you chose oh, Messi. Why, why Messi? I just, I just think we're, ne- we're never gonna see another player like that again. Uh, the things he does on the fields, I don't think he can give some people a million tries. They're not gonna be able to replicate the stuff that he's doing and the level he's been doing it at. And for ten plus years now, it's unreal for me. Definitely, definitely. And um, one goal or one assist or two goals. You went with the one goal, one assist. Um, is that the midfielder in you, or why do you think that's a better stat line? Yeah, it, it, it must be the midfielder. I, mean, I just, I just think it's, it sounds a lot better to get a goal and assist. You know, be directly involved, even though two goals is nice as well. Nice, nice. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. So. We'll transition now. You you survived the drill zone, so pretty smoothly actually. Raheem did it last week, and he he struggled a little bit more than you. He had to he could he couldn't come up with some answers, <laughs> but that was smooth. That was smooth. So we'll talk about um so yeah, baby boy on the way. Just wanted to say congratulations to you on that. Thank, um, thank you, thank you, man. And so what's it like preparing for fatherhood right now? It's it's definitely it's something new to me. Obviously, it's. <laughs> A lot of question asking to guys that do have kids and and all that. Just trying to prepare myself mentally for what's about to be given to me on February. So it's it's definitely I'm I'm excited to be honest. Um, That's great. I've always said I want to be a young dad, so here here it is now. So I'm excited and just trying to learn as much as I can before the day comes. That's great, man. That's great. And um, my next question, what's the most difficult thing about being a professional athlete? Um, 
just for uh, for me in my instance, for sure, just the highs and the lows that you go through. So, yeah. and so when it does get really good, you don't get too beside yourself and do like start start thinking. Okay, like now it's done. I got it. It's mine. Versus now on the flip side, when things aren't going too well, not to be thinking, okay, it's um, like I'm I'm done. It's not for me, stuff like that. So I just now I'm just steadily in the in the middle. If things are going well, good. Yeah. I can keep working to keep it that way. If things aren't going well, okay, I need to work harder to make sure they're going well. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And um, so CPL, we're gonna talk about this. We talk about this with all uh, all of our guests just quickly. Um, CPL starting in Canada, um, and you have some pretty pretty close affiliations with Bobby and Costa um, taking over the Forge things over there. Um, we just want to ask you, what are Forge getting with a coach like Coach Bobby? Yeah, that's he's definitely gonna put that club in the right direction. I'm sure we'll see. Maybe not from the jump. I hope it does happen, but you'll see what type of manager he is and. Hopefully he'll be very influential for Canadian soccer and put all of Canada soccer in the right direction. Definitely, definitely. And um, so I asked Raheem the same question. If you were going to suit up with the CPL team, I know you're from that Toronto area. I think the closest club is York. Obviously, you got the Forge affiliation. So um, who who would you rep? Who would you be repping first if you, had to, if you were going to play in the CPL? I'd definitely be... For just because of Bobby and Cost <laughs> and all they've done for me, so that's not not even a question. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, man, definitely. Just just wanted to ask. I don't know, maybe maybe wanted to rep the York region, Toronto district <laughs> region, or something like that. But definitely feel you there. Um, so Richie, we're gonna end it off right now. Just my, did you want to thank anyone that might be listening? We we're talking right now. What is it? Forty two minutes. So pretty pretty long podcast. Is there anyone that you think might have stuck till the end, and you just want to give a quick shout out to? I'm just, uh, no, I'm just gonna get out, give a shout out to you, man. You're doing, you're doing your thing over there, man, and it's appreciated. So hopefully, you continue to do this and get all the Canadian, Canadian soccer out there, and so people can listen and give all of us Canadians chances. I, pr- I appreciate that, man. And I don't know if you were, and it's not scripted, by the way. Raheem said the same thing. He didn't want to show to anyone but me, so I'm not asking yeah. these guys to. I just want to. Have a, to make sure people know that. But I really do appreciate that, man. Honestly, we're working hard, but it's something that's needed. And stories like yours and other guys need to be told. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, Richie, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll definitely link up when you're home um, and we'll talk. And, yeah, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. No worries, man. Anytime for you, Mark. All right. This is Marcus signing off of our second episode of Pro Focus with, with Richie Lorea.